there. They're not your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands, run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, give Pitches it, it back to check. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us on a Tuesday. Oh, you know what that means. Terrible Tuesday. Will we have some time to get some terrible Tuesday thoughts today? We'll see. Jam-packed show coming your way on the program today. Bob Arum, the legend, the Hall of Fame promoter. It is fight week in Las Vegas, so you know what that means. We get to talk to the president, the CEO the promoter extraordinaire bringing us Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3 coming up Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. Looking forward to that. This fight has been postponed a couple different times, but it is finally here in the heavyweight championship of the world on tap Saturday night T-Mobile Arena. Bob Aram will join us. We will talk with him. Also, Steve Sachs will join us as we've got plenty of Major League Baseball to talk about. Yes, the second season is here. The postseason is upon us, and it starts tonight with the American League wildcard game. Tomorrow, National League wildcard game. Then we get into the ALDS, the White Sox and the Astros, followed up on Friday by the NLDS, the Braves and the Brewers. Baseball is here. And we talked about it yesterday. What a week this is for sports. You've got NFL action, just concluded week four, had a Monday night football game last night involving the Raiders, and then, of course, Major League Baseball starts the second season this week. WNBA playoffs, semifinals, aces, facing an elimination game coming up tomorrow night in Phoenix, and then, of course, the fight Saturday night with Fury Wilder for the heavyweight championship of the world. Just a fantastic sports week. We've got it all covered for you. Non-stop sports talk here on the program. As you know, T.C. Martin Show, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. All right, uh, let's kick it off here. And uh, also, i got to mention, T.J. Reeves will join us today as well, too. There you go. So, got to talk about the Bucks, right? Got to talk, talk about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady's homecoming. We heard from the New England side yesterday with Bob Sosi, the play-by-play artist, as I like to call him, the play-by-play voice of the New England Patriots. Uh, Bob has done so many play-by-play Super Bowls now; it's just it's, it's unbelievable. Guy's got more rings than, uh, than than Teddy Bruschi, basically. So, anyway, so T.J. Reeves will join us from Tampa a little bit later on this hour. But let's start and talk about. What transpired last night at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, in Inglewood, to be exact, as the Raiders played the Chargers. And I said yesterday at this time, we're going to know a lot more about the Raiders today than we did yesterday or last week. And there were some things that stayed the same. Some things a little bit different. But the constant was... The Raiders start off slow again. And this time they could not overcome a two-touchdown deficit like they could against Baltimore in the home opener at Allegiant Stadium opening night or against the Miami Dolphins last week when they found themselves down 14-0. They had to rally in both of those home victories, rally to win the game in overtime. And what was crazy enough is that the Raiders won on the final play of both of those games in overtime. Well, this one didn't go overtime, and we didn't even know if the Raiders were going to score the way this thing started out last night. It was crazy. But uh, the Chargers get the job done, 28-14. to Both teams now in the AFC West sit at 3-1, and and the game started off on a very crazy scenario. 
I mean, I, I rushed home last night, getting ready, get all set. You know, I had to do my shopping, get the barbecue going, this and that. You know, not like the G-Man and getting my, you know, my 16 different versions of cocktails or Modellos and all this other nonsense. No, no. No, I was going barbecue last night. I was going pork chops. I was going the fresh uh, corn on the grill. I was doing it all. And I said, wait a minute. I got more time. This game hasn't kicked off yet. What's going on? What? Lightning delay? Weather delay? What are you talking about? As Albert Hammond once said way back in the day, way past your bedtime with this one. It never rains in Southern California. It rained in Southern California yesterday or last night. Apparently it did. But here's the thing. This is an indoor stadium. SoFi Stadium. They got a roof, right? I mean, it's it's glass. They got a roof. And we got a delay. We got a 35-minute delay. John Gruden couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. No one could figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, it gives me more time to, to get my stuff on the grill there. So it worked out good for me. I like that. Just like, you know, watching the Monday Night Football game, like I said, flying back from Phoenix. I said, I'm going to miss this whole game. Thank goodness for a delayed flight. I hate delayed flights, but I love the delayed flight on Monday night in Phoenix. Beautiful. I got to see all the game, except I don't think I touched upon this yesterday. So I got a chance to watch most of it at the bar. And then I said, okay, you know, it's time for me to get on the plane with about four minutes to go left in the game. So what am I going to do here? So I'm sitting next to this lady and what is she wearing? She's got a Packers jersey on. (laughs) This is from a man. Remain the G man. That's right. Go, Pat, go. So, true story. So, I'm sitting there, and I, I like to have, I'm a creature of habit, okay? Southwest, you know, where, you know, it's the cattle call. You don't get the reserve seat. So, I like the second row. So, luckily for me, second row aisle seat was open, and there was some other ham and egg was sitting at the window, right? So, then this lady walk, walks down, all right? She has a Packers shirt on. She wants to know if she could sit there. I go, yeah, you're all good. We can sit there, right? Bear lady walked by about 10 people later. I said, she wouldn't be sitting here. I go, <laughs> so the part of the story I'm getting to is there's four minutes to go in this game. What does the Packer fan do? Whips out her phone and it's got the game. There it is. As we sit on the tarmac for about 40 minutes, I get to finish watching the game right there with a Packer fan. There you go. And uh, watching Tom Brady, the Bucks, and the Patriots there. So there you go. Okay. Where am I going with this? I have no idea. Why, why, how did I get sidetracked here? I have no idea. I'm looking at my, my Packer brethren here in studio, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this. Oh, because lightning delay? Something like that? Was it there? What does that have to do with Monday night? Oh, oh, delays. Delays. <laughs> I knew that that would come into play at some point in time. Kudos to Numchuck for my all-time favorite theme song, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, yes. So, we had a lightning delay. Okay, great. But what happened to the Raiders? Didn't fall behind 7-0 this time. 14-0. 21-0. Mistakes galore from the Raiders. Gruden not happy about it. Raider fans not happy about this. And the Chargers, like I said, it was their home field. You couldn't tell by the fans in the stands, right? But they did get on the board first. Four different players rushed with the football on this opening drive. Herbert to throw on third and goal. Zips it in the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown. Chargers strike first. Donald Parham. Yeah, Parham, who was a, a big uh, contributor for the uh, the Chargers last year when Keenan Allen was out. Now you got Parnham and you got Keenan Allen and you got Mike Williams. And uh, I heard some some fans there. I heard some fans. Don't tell me it was all Raiders last night. There there was there were some Chargers fans. There was some blue and gold. So uh, Chargers got on the board first. Went ahead seven nothing, fourteen nothing, twenty one nothing. You know how bad this was for the Raiders in the first half. The Raiders had one first down. And 51 total yards. 51 total yards. Total yards. Not rushing yards. But 51 total yards. And one first down. And I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, here we go again. Remember the opener against Baltimore? Where Carr was 2 for 10 for 22 yards at the end of the first quarter? Falling behind? 
Same thing again against Miami. Slow start. Let's throw in that Pittsburgh game. That was on the road, but that was sandwiched in. Same thing where the Raiders start off slow. It's like four games in a row, you're going to start off slow. But this was downright embarrassing. It was 21-0 at the half. And you you wondered, okay, are the Raiders going to turn this thing around? Finally, Carr found a little bit of rhythm, and the crowd came alive. They put the visiting-slash-home crowd alive there of the you know, 80% that was there that wearing silver and black. And uh, Carr got on the board to none other, than, none other than Hunter Renfro. Still get a first down to the two. This is third and eight. Carr had some green in front of him and zips it in for the touchdown. Hunter Renfro. And our friends at Vivid Seats said there'd be 75% Raider fans, and you can hear them now, really, for the first time since the opening kickoff. Oh, okay, 75% Raider fans, pretty accurate. All right, so 21-7, you're feeling a little hope if you're a Raider fan, right? And then the Raiders get the ball back, and uh, there's Carr again, and you wonder when was Darren Waller going to get a call here, and he found Darren Waller in the end zone. Carr, for Waller went up and got it. Got the touchdown, got ourselves a ball game. All right, got ourselves a game. At that point in time, If you're a Charger fan, or even if you bet the Chargers, you're getting a little bit nervous because the Chargers basically shut off the offense. You know, Herbert really wasn't doing anything. The running game really wasn't doing much, you know, basically in the the early part of the fourth quarter. And uh, the Raiders cut the lead to to 21 uh, to 14. But that was pretty much it. The Raiders did have one other opportunity when Carr found Ruggs for another long one, the second one of the night. Carr has all sorts of time. Deep shot. Looking for Ruggs. And he's got it. All right. And uh, the Raiders didn't get anything after that, though. Had the long field goal attempt. Missed the field goal. And that was it. Chargers tack on another touchdown. There's your final score. 28-14. The Chargers over the Raiders. All right, so the blame game. Where do you point the blame game for this? Another slow start, no question about it. But overall, you got to look at the defense again. I mean, it was 21 nothing. The Chargers were basically able to move the ball at will, whatever they wanted to do. The Chargers had 168 yards rushing. 168 on the ground, led by Austin Eckler, who had 117. Eckler averaged eight yards per carry in this game last night. Now, on the other side, the Raiders, 48 yards rushing. That's it. Josh Jacobs, as we talked about yesterday on the show, he was listed as active, really did not have that burst. Seemed like he was still hobbling around a little bit. He couldn't do much. And then, of course, the hero from last week uh, didn't get a chance really to do uh, you know too much as well. 48 yards rushing for the Raiders. Derek Carr, 165 yards passing. Yeah, had a couple nice drives, but he admitted himself. He made some mistakes. He took a lot of the blame last night. But it was just an uneven effort from the Raiders all along. All right, A lot of talk coming into this game was the matchup between Carr, who was leading the NFL in passing. Okay, Very high passer rating as well, too. Carr had more yardage than any other quarterback, right? Didn't get the job done last night, and we talked about it on the show yesterday. We talked about it on the best bets. It was one of our best bets. It wasn't one of my best bets, the Chargers, last night because of the defense, because of Joey Bosa, and because of what the the pressure that the Chargers could put on the Raiders, and it flustered Derek Carr last night. And on the other side, the Raider defense, it was pretty much more of the same. They have some moments, but then again, you look at the secondary, you look at the quarterback, you look at Damon Arnett looking around like a Red Skelton running around with his chicken with his head cut off. Another old reference. I don't even know why that. I mean, Red Skelton's even older than me. Why I use that, I have no idea. Probably because I'm looking across from a 62-year-old man over here in the studio. But anyway, I don't know. Okay, fine. 59. Anyway, Justin Herbert, 25 for 38, 222 yards, three touchdowns, No interceptions. Impressive performance from Justin Herbert last night. All right. John Gruden had plenty to say about this game last night, and he used one common word last night. I don't know if anybody caught this, but you're going to hear from John Gruden. You're going to hear from Derek Carr from what they had to say last night, and the key word from John Gruden was 
ridiculous. He kept using the term ridiculous. Ridiculous the way they had the delay of game with the the lightning delay. Ridiculous performance by the Raiders with the, the slow start again. Ridiculous penalties. And how can you blame him for using it? Because it really was. It was inexcusable. And I know Raider fans today are going to probably want to make excuses, but there's no excuse for basically being shut out in the first half, being down 25 to nothing, giving up three unanswered touchdowns. And again, you know, you're playing at a place where the majority of the fans are for you. Name me another arena, okay, whether NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball Park, um, an NFL stadium, where you are going to have more fans when you're the visiting team. You can't name one, but you had it last night. Not saying that that was a driving force, but you did feel the energy in that place last night as the Raiders scored those two unanswered touchdowns, and it was 21-14. to You felt it, but you couldn't capitalize but mainly because you fell behind so early. Ridiculous was the theme of John Gruden's press conference last night. Here's John Gruden talking about the bad start. I was great. You know, it was great. It's always great to have the support of the Raider fans, and we're sorry we let them down, but uh, we cannot come out and uh, take that many punches in the first round. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our guys showing the toughness to get up and keep fighting, but that, that was ridiculous tonight. They got on us, and they got after us in all three phases. And uh, we found a way to make it a football game and give ourselves a chance, but it's just too hard in this league against good teams. All right, so that's the first ridiculous we Actually, he used ridiculous earlier on when he opened the press conference talking about here's my opening statement. It was ridiculous. So we'll count the ridiculousness here. Uh, talking about crediting the Chargers, they played a very good game last night, and the Raiders and John Gruden are going to credit the Chargers, but they also had some self-inflicted wounds. So who gets more of the blame here? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, you can't uh, you can't deny this. The Chargers are a good football team. They are an excellent team, and um, they proved it again tonight. They're going to go places this year. They're going to be a force to be dealt with. But um, we had penalties that were ridiculous. Um, we gave up some plays in a passing game today that you can't give up, and um, we didn't play well in the first half. All right. They didn't play well in the first half. That was the difference of the game. You can see the frustration with John Gruden. And I agree with him, too, about saying the Chargers are going to do things. And I've talked about that. This team is a solid football team. Just because the Raiders were going to have more fans in that stadium last night didn't mean that much because you're playing a solid football team. You go back to this team last year, should have made the playoffs, nearly should have made the playoffs, and then... They have a coaching change, and a lot of people are thinking, wait a minute, Anthony Lynn's gone. They're bringing in a a young head coach. This team is going to struggle. But they kept all the key parts. You got Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he continues to get better and better. You got Austin Eckler, when he can stay healthy, great running game, pretty good offensive line. Then on the defensive side, you look at Joey Bosa, one of the best. And did he take uh, Alex Leatherwood to school? Took him to the woodshed over and over last night. We, we talked about that leading into this game that was going to happen. But then let's talk about the wide receivers as well, too. You got Herbert. And as a quarterback, you're only as good as your wide receivers. And he's got two great ones. You got Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen. We talked about Parnham as, as, a, as a great third option who got that first touchdown. Yeah, the Chargers are going places. Watch out for this team. And I'll say it again. People want to rip on this team, and they want to rip on uh, not having fans. How do you gain fans? By winning games. This Charger team will get fans. And people don't believe that. But trust me, if this team gets to the playoffs this year, they're going to pack that place and more and more Charger fans. And it's just going to take some time for those San Diego fans to just you know dust themselves off and quit having that hatred for the team leaving before they make that hour trip, you know, down I-5 or whatever it is, to to go to Inglewood to see this game, to see this team play. So it's it's going to happen. Over time, it will be more of a home field advantage for the Chargers. And a lot of people thought, well, 
how much of a home field advantage do the Rams really have? Well, there's a little bit more history there. We get that. And they're a better team. Okay. But maybe not right now. Maybe they're not a better team. We look what Arizona did to the Rams on Sunday. Thank you very much. Look what the Chargers did to the Raiders. Thank you very much. This team will gain fans over the course of time. All right. But back to John Gruden. Heaping a little bit more praise for the Chargers. Well, you know, we're going to have to play better in all areas, not just defense. Uh, I would help with Mullen and, and, and Arnett. Some of our guys were back there, I think, helping us. But I'm not going to make any excuses. Uh, they went for it in some critical fourth downs. I give them credit. Backed up in their own territory in a tight football game. They converted some critical plays on fourth down twice. Um, they went all out tonight to make plays, and they did. Yes, they did. And the, going for fourth down, converting on those. And we've seen the Raiders the past few weeks going for it. We saw Gruden go for it inside his own 30-yard line last week against Miami. Turned the ball over. Boom, it was 14 nothing, just like that. And uh, we, we saw the same type of thing. The Raiders couldn't get anything going in the first half. However, second half, they did. So I'm listening to the press conference last night, and I hear our boy, B. Sal decided to interject himself into the press conference. He throws this next question out to John Gruden saying, well, you guys got to go in in the second half, and I'm paraphrasing what, what Brian Salmon said, and we'll let you hear John Gruden's response to this. He says, you guys got to you know, go in the second half. Uh, it it must have been a, a pretty good you know, halftime speech from you. Uh, you know, what did you say at halftime? That was one of the greatest speeches of all time, I'll tell you. Let's just leave it at that. You know, now you don't want to hear what I said before the game because every everything didn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> so he gave B. Salvis look like, you know, man, yeah, yeah, that, you know, nah. It was a great halftime speech, but bottom line is we lost that game. All right. A uh, lot of penalties, a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of emotions, taunting call on Darren Waller over on the Chargers sideline. Here's Gruden's thoughts about that. I don't understand the taunting. I understand. I hate taunting. I think it's ridiculous. I think what happens after an interception or a touchdown, we allow these celebrations. I consider that taunting. I, I don't understand what happened over there on the Chargers' sideline, but the official made the call. We have to deal with it. We couldn't get any momentum going. That didn't help us. All right. Didn't help at all. Okay, this game is over, and the Raiders lose 28-14 to last night. The frustration from the head coach, you could feel it. But he says, we've got to put this game behind us. That's tough. You know, we had a lot of guys go down. You know, Jacobs went out. Pate Barber went out. Carrier was unable to play. So we lost a lot of our three tight end sets. But, you know, they lost players, too. We're all going to have to deal and adapt. And um, hopefully we can get some guys ready. we got a short week. Got to get back home and get ready. I'm proud of our team. I'm going to reiterate that. We're 3-1. and one. We've had some tough overtime victories. And we fought back to put ourselves in position to make a dramatic comeback tonight. Uh, we just didn't make the plays. All right, did not make the plays. And uh, just a lot of frustration from John, John Gruden with his own team, with play calling, with the end result of now being 3-1. and one. I'm proud of all our players. I really am. I wish I could answer all your questions, but uh, I've never had an indoor stadium with a lightning delay. This was a bizarre night for all of us. <laughs> and speaking of which, here's a little more on the weather delay and Gruden's Went off on the contractor here a little bit, too. No, I'm not an engineer. I have no idea. I mean, I have never heard that. I thought it was a, a, a joke, but, you know, it affected both teams. And certainly, you know, the locker room here is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I mean, you can't see anybody. It's like a maze. So, um, you know, whoever, whoever contorted this visiting locker room, I'd like to meet this guy and see what his, um, what his idea was. You know, while I'm listening to him and watching this, I don't know if I'm actually looking at Gruden or I'm hearing my boy Frank Caliendo. I didn't know. There he is. I got to get Frank back on the show too. It's 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 time for Frank again too. And fantastic stuff. I mean, Gruden turned into you. You see the angst on his face and the frustration. There's no doubt about it. And uh, he was asked. Final thing from John Gruden we want to play here for you. He was asked, actually, by I, – I, I don't know where this reporter was from. And we, you get this a lot on Monday night games and the national games. You definitely get in playoff games and Super Bowl games where you get international media. Well, one guy asked John Gruden if he still believed that the Raiders are going to be a contender. Yeah, I'm not going to get all deep and philosophical, make a bunch of predictions. You saw the game. We, we got 
we got beat pretty soundly in the first half. We came back and we showed some football character. I know we, we have a lot of that. We're going to lean on here and continue to learn. We got some injuries we got to learn about. We got to get ready for the Bears on a short week. Your feelings uh, are going to get hurt in this league sometimes. And um, certainly ours are hurting right now. But thank you, guys. All right, John Gruden, last night's press conference after the Raiders lose 28-14. to All right, uh, Derek Carr had some things uh, to talk about. And again, Raiders 3-0 and heading into this game. They got their first loss. Here's the quarterback on the Raiders losing for the first time this season. It's better now than later, you know. Um, I think, if anything, you know, this hopefully wakes us up a little bit. Um, I think we needed to start a lot faster. If I'm honest, we started the season great, um, but we don't start games nearly good enough yet. And uh, I think that's something that we need to be better at. But uh, you never want to lose, but it's hard to win in this league. Um, But we'll see him again. You know, people say it's a 60-minute game, but the bottom line is you have to get off to quick starts. I mean, every coaching staff preaches that. I mean, you're an offensive coordinator. You want to, you know, you want to score first time you have, have the ball. All right? And if, if on defense uh, for the first series, you want to come up uh, w- with a stop. You want to gain field position. I mean, the Raiders with these slow starts, it is a thing. It's one thing when it happens opening night. But then you go to Pittsburgh, and it didn't cost you because the Steelers were inept, and it was a low-scoring game. But then when you come back home and have your second home game, and you fall behind 14 nothing again, okay, then you go on the road here to face a divisional opponent for the very first time, huge game, Monday Night Football, and you start off even slower than you've had in the three previous games. And not only do you fall behind 14 nothing, you fall behind 21 nothing. Here's Derek Carr talking about another slow start. Each game is different. It's different schemes, different plays, different outcomes. Um, for me, uh, this whole time I thought we were going to win the game. You know, I, you know, we, there was some stuff that we hadn't even got to yet. You know, in the first half, where I'm like, man, I can't wait for that play or that play, that play. You know, there was some stuff I could. It's just how the flow of the game was. You know, it's just weird, just different. Um, but you gotta give them credit, man. They did. Their defense coaches, their their players played extremely hard. They did a great job. And I don't want to make it all about us, but I, that's football. You know, you always make it all about you. You know, it's man, what can we do better? So we'll take a look at that. Uh, but playing with fire and all that, like I'm not even, not in a bad way. Like I can't help you write that in my head because it's it's just different every game you know what I mean it's just different but but we haven't started out fast in every game so it has it's something we definitely need to look at all right more from Derek Carr talking about needing to be much more consistent you gotta be consistent um going to a hostile place I thought we went into Pittsburgh and I felt like we were more ready to play at the beginning of the game against Pittsburgh um came here wasn't really a hostile place it was more of a home game you know um like we thought it would be. And uh, I think for us to just keep going forward, we just need to be consistent. We need to come out. We can't have, you know, any big guys or anything like that, man. We just play football. And um, we got some moving parts that, you know, we're trying to help everyone as a unit go forward. And the expectation never changes. The expectation is to win every game. And uh, we didn't do that today. And uh, it's all my fault. You know, Carr blaming himself there. And you have to really like that. And this guy's a veteran quarterback, and he's said before, all he wants to do is win. And he's been under a lot of heat, a lot of scrutiny, especially in Oakland. And people were saying that, you know, hey, this guy isn't a winner. Maybe John Gruden should move on from him. Maybe Mike Mayock, they should, you know, look at another quarterback. And then when they brought in Marcus Mariota, some people said, hey, maybe maybe Mariota could be the guy. He gives you you a different variety uh, of things that he can do in, instead of Carr. But what you got to like about Carr is that he's a great interview. He's a, he's a stand-up guy, and he'll have some fun with you. But then again, when you have these losses, he's not going to shy away and say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to blame this, we're going to blame that. He owns it, and he's done this you know, over the course of his career. Here's Derek Carr talking a little bit more about taking the blame himself. Absolutely. I mean... I'm a Raider fan, even though I play for the team, you know, like, you know, I, I want to see us win every time. So, um, any, any loss is disappointing. This one hurts, um, a little bit extra, um, but they can, they can blame me. They can put it all on me. And, you know, you know, if they want to chant MVP when I come running out, then they can get mad at me for this one. All right. <laughs> that, that's a lot, you know, coming from him. And 
that's a way to handle it, way to get out in front of this. Again, is he to blame for this loss? No. Derek Carr didn't throw three or four interceptions in this game. All right, He wasn't real productive throwing the football. The pass to Waller for the touchdown to make it 21-14 was a phenomenal pass. You know, the great grab by Waller in the left corner of the end zone. But only 165 passing yards, you got to do better than that in the NFL. I mean, again, those are Lamar Jackson type of numbers. You know, but Lamar Jackson can get you 100, you know, with his feet. So, yeah, just not much offensively for the Raiders at all. When you have 48 yards on the ground, 165 through the air, you're not going to get it done, especially against a quality defense and a quality team like the Chargers. So the Raiders fall to 3-1, and one, but like uh, John Gruden said, Derek Carr said, they got a uh, short week ahead and they get ready for the Bears coming up this week, right? The Bears are coming up Sunday. You got to feel good about that, right? Go Bears! No! <laughs> and what are they going to do? I mean, Matt Nagy's talking about, well, Justin Fields? Well, if Andy Dalton's ready, Andy's going to be our guy. Oh, and by the way, Nick Foles just sitting over there holding the clipboard again. And I love the shots of that game this week where there's Foles just going, am I going to get my turn now? Oh, what a mess that is. Great opponent. Great scheduling for the Raiders to have the Bears come to town after a short week against a physical team like the Chargers. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be my best bets yet. A little still too early in the week. But uh, I got I got to think uh, that a lot of us are going to have action and some money. Pay on the Raiders. Me and his money. Come Sunday against the Bears. All right. We come back. We're going to talk to TJ Reeves as we go to Tampa Bay and we talk about the Buccaneers' trip to Foxborough. Hello. I'm Stephanie. I'm from Germany. Yip, yeah, yo, Schweinebacke. When I'm in America, I'm listening to TC Martin Show. Don't you think that that rejoiner should be maybe more suited for our other Tampa Bay guy? Right? We're talking about Paul Buckpower Stewart, right? There we go, see? Now, with T.J. Reeves, I don't think he has any German in him whatsoever. I don't even think I've seen T.J. Reeves even have a brat before. And he probably has never even been to the great state of Wisconsin before. But that's another matter. There we go. All right, as we digress, here we go. Let's go to... Champa Bay, and, and I wish that we had a little video here. You see the shirt that I'm wearing today, Numbchuck? G-Man, you see what I'm wearing? I'm honoring T.J. Reeves for getting the victory in Foxborough on Monday night with my Champa Bay championship jersey. T.J. Reeves, the Bucks sideline announcer, joins us now. Uh, always good to be with you on a terrible Tuesday, and it's good that you're repping Champa Bay with the Buccaneers back in the win column on Sunday night. The Major League Baseball playoffs about to begin with the Champa Bay Rays as the defending champions, and next week, the two-time defending champion Lightning will raise another banner and get ready to start the hockey season. So life is good. It is good to be with you. And yes and yes, we had brats in the Reeves' house last week, and I've been to Wisconsin multiple times to answer those food questions. Well, well, look at that. And and, uh, to be full disclosure here, I mean, the only reason that I'm wearing your Champa Bay shirt today, maybe because you're on the show today, but because I'm racing to go eat some fine Mexican food before I get on the airplane, go to Phoenix. And again, I not going to have time for a costume changer. And the Aces stuff wasn't clean for laundry day. So you yeah. had to throw on the Champa Bay thing. For the Champa Bay, because it, it's clean right now. Absolutely. And then, so, you know, I'm not going to mind, you know, getting, you know, some salsa on, right, on this shirt right. here. It'll, it'll blend right in. Okay. As you know, the colors okay. here, you know what I'm saying? And then get on a plane with a bunch of stinky people. It'll be fine. There you go. I hope you have a better time going into Phoenix in the indoor arena. And I'm not, uh, I'm not usually one to come on on a terrible Tuesday and complain here. But the weather less than ideal for the Bucks sideline guys Sunday night to stand in the rain. And as the temperature continued to drop into the 50s with getting soaking wet, that was loads of fun. At least the Buccaneers pulled out the game. So I'm happy with that, my friend. You will be drier and you will be warmer in the Valley of the Sun, for sure. You know, we've got a lot of bad weather over the weekend. Pouring rain in Buffalo, uh, Green Bay, same thing. And then you had to sit through this driving 
rainstorm. And that's it. And I think this is where the time you, you've got to go to your Tampa Bay Buccaneer people and say, you know what? It, it's time for me to get off this sideline gig here, okay? <laughs> and, and I need a booth. I think that's what you need to say. Or, TJ Reese, or maybe you go. Be, or I need to be like Rodney Harrison for the pregame show and have someone holding my umbrella, although I can there identify you there with you trying go. to hold the phone, trying to hold the microphone, and then how do you hold the umbrella if you have an umbrella on the sideline? I don't usually have an umbrella. On the sideline, but you're right. The the elements can get there, and then and then, who knew at SoFi Stadium last night that you can have a lightning delay when there's a roof? And those shots of John Gruden on the sideline were absolutely classic. Where they're coming to him to say to him, "It's a lightning delay, and you have to leave the field." I can totally I'll do my Gruden the best that I can. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that we're in a delay, man. We got a roof. You know what I'm saying? You got a roof up there over us. How do they have a lightning? I was unaware as well. I mean, how can you have a lightning strike through the roof? But apparently it was dangerous for the fans, too. So we did have some weather all over the NFL. Yeah, well, we we just got done uh, you know, airing uh, John Gruden's uh, post-game press conference where he, <laughs> where he was talking about the uh, the weather delay, and he, he, he couldn't believe it. And no. he, he wasn't a fan of the, uh, the stadium design either. Right, the visiting no, no. locker room apparently is a mess. We're not allowed in there because of the COVID guidelines, but apparently that's a mess. Right, right. Where, where the players are all spread out, I don't know. But $5 billion gets you something, So I guess. here's what I want to know, though. I mean, you're always one for posting, you know, when you're at a venue. And you and the Steve Berline picture of the Alabama Ole Miss game. Yeah. Outstanding. A nice sunny day. We see you in Tampa Bay. Nice sunny day. We see the – how can we see any photos of you – drenched okay how come i didn't see the, the the parka or the rain gear or the the where the the, the cellophane wrap or whatever you have you know what i'm saying how can we how come we didn't see any of that or you you're doing your best uh gene kelly dancing in the rain with an umbrella how can we see any of those photos or you in that mop of a of a haircut that you have there just drenching soaking wet we didn't, we didn't see any of that Social media is only for the good side of life. Oh, Haven't you been listening to Mark Zuckerberg and his response to all this stuff? I mean, it's it's only to connect people to people socially. It's not for the negativity in the world. I, love I mean, it. come on. It's uh, but in any in any event, I have finally uh, dried out, thawed out, and it is much better when the field goal clanks off the upright and you get to do a happy post game show, which we get to do. Would you like some breaking news? Here on the TC Martin show, I, I wouldn't uh, expect anything Tuesday. else from you. Who, a guy who I'm who loves to direct the show to, from three thousand miles away. I always am here for you because I haven't really shared this a bunch, but I'm sharing it on the TC Martin show. So we are done with our post game show on Sunday night on the radio. I've interviewed Bruce Arians. I've, I've interviewed Ryan Suckup, the kicker. We've gotten a couple people on, and we're having to get out of there because I've got to get the equipment torn down out of the booth and get out of there. Um, and I'm standing there. As we're as we're deconstructing, and I exaggerate you not, Bill Belichick is walking unaccompanied, unescorted, no security guard, right by me. I mean, not 15 feet away from me, uh, width-wise. I'm talking about right by me to walk in the locker room. So I look at my radio producer, and I, I, I touch him, and I say, look to the left, and he looks to the left. <laughs> I said, well, I guess he's going to go have the conversation with Tom Brady now in the locker room that they didn't have before the game or out on the field or any of that. So I was witness. I have been in the presence of greatness, like T.C. Martin, like Numchuck, uh, like all of the stars in Vegas. But I was right there beside Bill Belichick when he entered the Buccaneer locker room, and I just, I'm, I'm happy to report that, that I was on scene for you on Sunday night on the T.C. Martin show as breaking news happened. Uh, okay, this, this form of breaking news sounds more like a, a fandemonium. It sounds like, you're a member of the media, my friend. Of course you're back there. You're back there with Tom Brady. You're back there with Bill Belichick. Uh, of course, we wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, the breaking news was, I thought you were going to go ahead and give us a classic Belichick soundbite. You had the microphone right there. Why didn't you get a soundbite from Bill Belichick that says, we're on to Cincinnati or wherever right, the hell exactly. they're going next? Exactly. We're on to Buffalo. There you go. Buffalo. Right. We're on to we're on to Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Right. That was probably the answer a bunch of the times other than Tom Brady. Yeah. Did Wayne and Garth on it, exactly. Uh, Did Wayne and Garth to sum it up, uh it was it was quite the night. I will say they didn't show a lot of it on NBC, but the tribute before the game, it was awesome. It was chilling stuff. They lowered the lights, T C before the Bucks ran on the field and ran a one-minute video. This was all planned. They told the Buccaneers about it, what was going to happen. And the one-minute video is a Tom Brady thank you with all the highlights, 
Uh, the Raiders don't want to hear about the game in the snow at uh, the old stadium that they won in the playoffs. And then the Super Bowl wins and all the stuff. And the crowd, when they dimmed the lights before the video ran, the crowd knew what was going to happen. And 70,000 people rose as one, and they were roaring. And I'm looking around at people on the sideline going, wow, this is, this is pretty cool down here on the field. So they paid good tribute to, uh, to Tom Brady. And then, hey, I love the fact that now it's game on, and the first time he came on the field, they booed the daylights out of him. Right. Right. Well, welcome to the fandom and, and how to do it the right way. Uh, again, I'm just I'm pleased that the Buccaneers come away with the win, found a way to win there on Sunday night. You know, we get this, you know, in, in broadcasting where you remember these cool moments and you just said it. I mean, that's something you're going to remember for a long time, just being on the field, you know, at that much awaited, you know, uh, the anticipation. I mean, you're in Tampa Bay. Let's be honest. I mean, before last year, you were the struggling franchise. You don't, you don't probably have any Super Bowl thoughts. I mean, I mean, you got crab legs, Jameis Winston as your quarterback, right? <laughs> I mean, you got bad crab legs. Can we going. have a winning season? Right. You're saying? Can it, we just have five hundred? Ex- yes, I agree. exactly. And then you get Tom Brady. Then you get Gronk. You get Antonio Brown. You know, you get Bruce Arians, and it's like, you know, hey, this is this is pretty cool. And then you have the great run that you you had last year. You get the Super Bowl ring. And you have the boat parade, and just like you said, you know, we we talk on with the lightning, you know, back to back, all that sort of thing. And then now you look at the schedule comes out for twenty twenty one season. It's like, oh my goodness, Brady's going back to New England. Are you kidding me? And another very cool moment that just it kind of humbles you, you know, as a person, as a broadcaster. And then I'm sure that you know you you got a chance to soak all that in, literally. I mean, the wetness and everything. But <laughs> but but I I mean it in all sincerity. That is cool that you're going to remember for a long, long time. You're going to oh, remember yeah. for the rest of your life. It's not lost on me that it's a privilege to be down there and yeah. be part of these games. And it, it was uh, it was something because yeah. he's never. Let's be honest. He's, he says he's going to retire as a Buccaneer. I don't know how many more years he can play. Maybe it's another season. Maybe it's another two seasons. The Bucs don't play there again for eight more years. He's never playing there again as a visiting player. That's the one and only time. So if you can say that you were there, that's why the tickets, there was, it was the high rollers like T.C. Martin. That's why the tickets were still five grand Sunday night to sit in the lower level, five grand a ticket for a regular season game if you wanted to be there. So... It was that important. It was that big of a deal. And I, I just saw where uh, they had over 27 million viewers, second highest rated NBC Sunday night game in nine years since 2012. So that tells you there was a lot of interest in that game. And they were smart to put it on the Sunday night where there was no baseball because the baseball had all wrapped up before that. They did that strategically. NBC wanted that and they got it from the NFL and it paid off with a large TV audience. And a good game, a close game at the end helped them. With the ratings. And it came down to the kickers, believe it or not. It wasn't about Tom Brady and Mac Jones. And you can maybe even make the argument that Mac Jones played better than Tom Brady. I mean, stat wise, that, that plays out. But the bottom line is, you know, again, even if that, you know, 56 yard field goal, uh, and that's a question, you know, you know, did why, you why question it at the time? 100% did you I did. question that he did not go on fourth and three. Oh. Well, listen, because basically, TJ. you were taking a real chance that even if he made it, the Bucks still have 50 seconds Correct. left and two timeouts. That's where I'm going. With, I mean, I'm going to even back it up a down earlier. I'm going to go back to third and three. I'm not even sure it was third and three. I think like th- third and two and a half. And I'm saying, okay, you have to think two downs here. And you got to mm-hmm. run the football. And I understand they were horrendous running the football. But you still have Damian Harris there. And two running plays should garnish you a first down, especially when, you know, maybe the uh, the Bucks weren't going to be expecting that at that point in time because it was just been pass-happy, pass-happy for the majority of that game, especially in the entire fourth quarter. I would have ran the ball on third down, and if I don't get it there, I'm going to run it again, especially in that weather of throwing the football, let alone kicking a ball from 50-plus yards. Yeah, so I went back to the third down and said, this is a bad play call. It was a horrendous play call, horrendous pass, horrendous play uh, play call for the pass, and then fourth down, the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, we're going to kick it. No, they should have went for it. You cannot put it on the f- foot of a kicker who's had numerous problems over the last four or five seasons in that kind of weather. 
I can tell you the Bucks sideline guy was standing not far from Michelle Tafoya and around several others, and I did say out loud, he's kicking? Yeah. I did say that yeah. when they trotted out on the field because I thought they would go for it. And by the way, it's a terrible Tuesday. That last part of that last take with excuses about Patriots this, Patriots that, give some love to my man Levante David, 10-year veteran, two-time Pro Bowler, now Super Bowl champion. He jumps up and bats that ball down on third down. So he deserves a lot of credit. Fought off his blocker, made the play. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games, brother. So that helped in the Buccaneer win. I understand. And, again, it goes back to that. Uh, Levante David doesn't swat that thing down. If they, they run the ball to Damian Harris or somebody else or Brandon Bolden or whatever at that point in time. But give, I give the Bucks credit. And, again, worst-case scenario. I mean, even if they make that field goal, then it's, it's Tom Brady with his last shot. Probably uh, four or five plays with the yes. two timeouts. Yes. Probably four or five. Yeah. yeah, which is a lifetime for him in that stadium, going in that direction, in that end zone, that he's won how many games? Numerous games <laughs> in that same scenario. Yeah, so great game. Low-scoring game. 1917. It did come down to the kickers. Uh, the quarterbacks were not overly impressive, but give me your thoughts about Mac Jones. I mean, he's 31 for 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, did throw the one pick. Uh, give me, give me your thoughts. What did you think he of Mac was Jones? Good. He was rattled early. He was better as the game went on. He settled down a little bit. They were finding the tight end, uh, some in the game, including for the two touchdowns in the red zone. But again, when the chips were down on the final two drives, Vegas term, Vegas term, when the chips were down on the final two drives, he couldn't get them in the end zone when the game was sixteen fourteen, and then he could not get them in better field goal range at the end, and they got, they got the benefit of a horrific no-call on the patented Belichick-Josh McDaniels pick play where they ran a receiver right at Levante David and then threw to Bolden the back out of the backfield. I thought Mike Evans was going to have to be restrained like Deontay Wilder trying to go <laughs> after the rest, like Wilder will have to be restrained going after Tyson Fury because they didn't call the pick play right in front of him. So... The Bucks were upset with that in a way it's poetic justice that the field goal was missed. There it is. All right, T.J. Reeves joins us uh, from Tampa Bay with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is the sideline reporter, and he is dry today. Hopefully uh, we can keep you out of the rain for the rest of the season, my friend. All right, uh, how would you like to talk about that other game in SoFi Stadium that took place on Sunday. We're talking about well, the Rams and the Cardinals. Well, we need to. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you do the talking on this one because you already know uh, I did plenty of talking leading up to this game. All, all I know is this man has been the underdog messiah on Three Dog Thursday, the podcast. Not one, not two, not three, but four consecutive weeks I have asked the mighty T.C. Martin, initials brother, from another mother out in the Vegas desert to give me a single underdog. And I even pigeonholed you and said NFL underdog for the last couple of weeks. And my man has time and again delivered with an outright winner. I have to confess, for one of the many times in our relationship, I thought you were nuts. I thought the Rams would handle the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but at the end result, TC had the goods. And you broke it down with the pass offense on the Rams' defense. They did a great job of blocking Aaron Donald and throwing the ball on him. And the Rams looked like they had a little letdown after the Buccaneer win, maybe feeling too good about themselves. And the Cardinals put it on him. My man, T.C., shot called. Boom. So, consequently, you got a streak, my friend, because now you're back on the no-huddle picks again for a fifth consecutive week. And we now have an expectation of you coming up with an underdog. You know, I'm surprised that you didn't like my pick, though. For I mean, I broke it down, and we were doing the the podcast together. You're shaking your head because you saw that Rams team yes. the week before, I watched and I told you, right? But I told you it was going to be Larry letdown. It was Larry letdown all the way. You know, yeah, not Larry Fitzgerald, well, again, because, again, they went into that game on a sky high, thinking that, hey, we've won eight in a row against Arizona, but it was matchups and the way the Cardinals have been playing. I'm telling you, and I said the same thing about the Chargers last night. Beware of this Charger team, because when you look at both sides of the ball, these teams have superstars, both Arizona and, and the Chargers do. And I really like how Kyler Murray has developed. And I was anti-Kyler Murray when he first came in the league, but he's starting to get it. And when you yep. give this guy the pieces that I talked about with you last week, it, just, it makes sense. And who is the only undefeated team right now in the National Football League? Who is that? 
The Arizona Cardinals. Yep, and you were you were on them. Shot called. Well done. Well, now there just is an expectation on this for this week. I am waiting and waiting to see. And I know we got to squeeze it in because you got WNBA duties with the playoffs, travel, and all of that. But you cannot. You cannot deny the audience another called underdog on Three Dog Thursday, the podcast in the NFL. I am awaiting whichever one is the Messiah's pick for this week. Okay, boy, man. Talk about the buildup here. Jeez. A lot, lot of pressure, right? All right. All right. There, there is no pick right now. There's no pick right now. The pick is later. Like I said, I'll, I'll do a little <laughs> bit of my homework. Look at Numchuck trying to, you know, put me on and thinks I'm Aaron Rodgers or something like that, you know? There you go. All right, man. You're not going to be on the Houston Texans against the uh, the Patriots in a bounce back mode. I don't you think know, that will be the and case. And I called this shot too. Remember, TJ Reese, three weeks ago, I said the Houston Texans are not going to win another game, and we took <laughs> we took the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> took the Buffalo Bills, forty to nothing. That team is atrocious. We saw we saw a little of that game. Did you get the feeling that if they gave the Texans eight quarters or ten quarters, they still weren't going to score a point in that game? It kind of got that feel. Long about the second quarter, the third yes. quarter, they could be out here till nine p.m. and they're not going to score. Yeah, so you're right. It was bad. Yeah, and I'm giving uh, full credit. I, I love the Buffalo Bills. I was afraid to lay the seventeen and a half, but after our best bet segment on Friday with Trevor Maddich, and when he broke this game down and said that the Bills are going to basically crush the heart or pull out the heart of the the Houston Texans. I mean, he just diagnosed it, and he had this this attitude with it. As like, uh, Trevor, you talked me into it. He had everybody at the Cosmopolitan, which you're familiar with, in that sports book, powered by William Hill, going like, I've got a race to the book. This guy just said they are just going to crush the soul out of this team, and that's exactly what they did. 40 to nil, my friend. Yep. It was brutal. We'll see the Bills later in the year in Champa Bay for a little AFC-NFC rematch. Dolphins are here this week. Are the, are the Bucks? I haven't looked. Aren't the Bucks like a 9- or 10-point favorite at least uh, over Miami? Yeah. And this might be a similar kind of thing as bad as the Dolphins were for the first three quarters, especially last week. They were awful against a winless Colts team at home. So there may be some more large lines this week that we're diagnosing on Three Dog Thursday. All right, my man. Uh, go check out uh, the podcast, uh, the Three Dog Thursday podcast. He also has the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Yes. I, I got a feeling I'm going to be called in for that, too. I need TC Martin. I need you on both. I need a no-huddle underdog, and I need at least five minutes about Wilder Fury on the Big Fight Weekend podcast going to be huge this week and you've got to be part of it my friend all right we're looking forward to it brother all right go check him out he's a great follow on twitter too at the buck sideline guy tj and mixed vegetables is the answer for dinner tonight you always ask chicken and mixed vegetables this evening for the reeves household see and i catered to you tonight not having you on the second hour because right. i know how those women are in the reeves uh yeah. household and deservedly so i mean they they need you at the dinner table they need you to set the table they probably need you to cook the meal and they definitely you want you to take out the trash afterwards because i'm sure the garbage man is coming tomorrow morning this is the reason why I say to you, when you want to give me grief, take a number like at the supermarket and get in line. Those three are ready to eat here in a little while. So thank you for graciousness on the schedule, my friend. All right, brother, go get it. All right, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next week. Be well. Always good to be on a terrible Tuesday. Go Bucks. There Champa Bay. There it is. Sporting the Champa Bay shirt today. All right, appreciate TJ Reeves for joining us. All right, we come back. We're going to hear from the legendary promoter himself, Bob Arum, as we talk Fury Wilder 3. Steve Sachs is going to join us because we got Major League Baseball tonight, baby. Is it technically the playoffs or not? It's a wild card game. It's a one-and-done situation. We'll get Sachs' thoughts on that and a whole lot more. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Terrible Tuesday.